0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please be seated. I just have to share with you all that at 8 o'clock, my management of the glasses, mask, and ear microphone was not nearly as smooth. I got much, I got much better by 10.30. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a little bit, it was a little precarious here on my left ear, but we, I got it, so... So last week, uh, Thursday, the, the clergy gathered together, and the bishop did something very interesting. The readings that he picked were from Ash Wednesday. And at first, it was a little surprising, you know, and, but then he told us this powerful and poignant story about how he had reached out to Michael Curry, the presiding bishop, about a bishop who had been disciplined um, for behavior that was not in keeping with his role as a bishop, and he was finding his way back into his community, and they did not want him there. And the bishop was our bishop was very upset by this, and he said, "But you know, he's apologized, and he's done his work, and he's trying to come back, and I just don't understand." And the presiding bishop says, "Well." As a church, we aren't very forgiving, are we? He said, uh, it resounded with me. And so he went back and he was giving to us. He told us this story and these readings from Ash Wednesday. And we know that as Episcopalians and those who follow a lectionary cycle that we have particular seasons that we focus on a particular theme, obviously. Lent, about forgiveness. And we see that also in that preparation time of Advent. Easter, of course, with resurrection stories, and Christmas with the birth of Christ. So we hear these themes over and over again. And over the last six weeks, we have been reading over and over again Jesus in this sixth chapter of John, talking about himself being the bread of life. So I decided, as any theologically trained priest would do, to consult Google to see how many times, I was curious, how many times do you have to do something in order it in order for it to be committed to muscle memory? Any guesses? Three times? Seven? Sixty? Guess what? A thousand? To some say even thirty thousand times. So don't worry, you're not going to get 1,000 bread sermons. But Jesus is making a really important point. In the same way that doctors practice medicine, right, and lawyers practice their skill, they, you don't say the doctor is a mastery of his, of his skill. The doctor practices what Jesus is saying to us by giving us these words over and over again, by committing them to muscle memory, he's driving home an important part about who we are as Christians and how there is this one thing that he is desperately trying to convey to us, that through this living bread, we get life. Now we read these, and they have a way of just kind of washing over us, so go back home, sometime this week, pull out your Bibles, read the sixth chapter of John, and count how many times Jesus talks about life. We see it, it just if you look at the gospel from today, or last week, it's over and over again, taking these familiar words and ingraining them inside of ourselves. So we ask ourselves, whether we are here in person or we're joining virtually, it is all the same. How is it that what we do, when we gather at this altar again, here or away, these are strange times, whenever we are fed, how is it that that brings about life? And then, how is it that we practice that life ourselves and for others. And we don't get caught in the same situation that the presiding bishop was talking about, where we hear these words, we know these words, but we aren't very life-giving in the same way that we cannot be life-giving in some way, in the same way that we could not offer forgiveness. I read a commentary this week that said, if this practice, this muscle memory of making Jesus a part of ourselves, what if by doing this we realize that we are connected to something far larger than ourselves? What might happen then? What incremental yet extraordinary things might we accomplish in the meantime? What seeds do we plant that can bear extraordinary fruit. But without the daily practice, I believe that the writing of God's hand on our hearts is certainly not lost, but it fades. It's it's blunted because in anything that we do, it requires us to pay attention to it, to nurture it, to feed it, to practice it. And when it becomes faded in our hearts, not to the eyes of God, but maybe to ourselves or, or, or others that are looking upon us to be a reflection of God's love, I think it would become like the Israelites. And that's what Jesus is saying. They ate the manna in the wilderness. They ate in the wilderness, and that was the food that they still died. But instead, the living bread, the, the things that, that, that feed us from within, the hunger that will always be satisfied, even when the, world that, when the world pushes in on us, and when we look around us, it seems, especially over the last bit of time, it's so easy to be disheartened. Yet God's hand is sure. So in this gospel reading, this last of this series, and it's extraordinary because at the end of all of this, then Peter announces who, God, who Jesus is as the Son of God. He sees. He knows this living bread. So those who eat my flesh and drink my blood, Jesus says, abide, which means remain in me. So, Minka Sprague, my dear friend, I I think about her all the time. She was uh, my colleague, of course, in Jackson for years, and colleague here for years, and we lost her right after Christmas. And I I see her face so many times, and I think about what she would say. and And I was thinking, what would she say this Sunday about this? And I always thought she was an extraordinary practitioner of her faith. And she always would say to me, Shannon, you need to say yes unless you have a really good reason to say no. You need to say yes, and, and Michael's laughing. He can totally hear Minka saying this. You need to say yes, and he may, she may have added a little colorful language, but we're going to keep that out. Say yes unless you have a really good reason to say no. And I think about the times when I have said yes. All of those moments that have led me here, to you right here in this moment, because I believe that that bread that Jesus is talking about today, when things get really tough and hard and uncertain, that bread will sustain us so that we can say yes to the opportunities that God gives us. So there will be difficult times. There will be scary and uncertain times. There will be times that are full of joy. And I believe that our faith in these moments is not there to numb us, to just... You know, box us off from it. But instead, as Jesus says today, to feed us. And by feeding us, to transform us. Amen.